0: Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, what a time of worship. I think the Lord is at work. Which Sunday he was not at work? Every Sunday he is at work because for him we are his dearly loved. Children, I'm not sure if you realize he was waiting for you. And I will show you from scripture today. He was waiting for you even before you came in today. I don't know if you realize that you were reluctant. Some of you, Uh, should I go? Shouldn't I go? What happens in the church? Or whatever you might be thinking. But I want to tell you, he was waiting for you in the house to minister to you. And as the word went right at the beginning before the worship starts, Ruth mentioned that this is the day of deliverance, a day of breakthrough. And I believe it because that's what he does every time I go to my father. He delivers me. He redeems me. He restores me. He reinstates me. He does some deep work in my life. And I'm believing the same to happen again this Sunday. Amen. I'm believing the same to happen this Sunday. Amen. Okay, the response to it is Amen. For those who don't know. I am believing that this is the day of deliverance. Amen. When you say Amen, you are telling the Lord, Lord, so be it. So be it. So together we are here waiting on the Lord and asking Lord minister to us. Deal with us. Deliver us. Restore us. Redeem me. Work in me. Do a deep work in me like never before. So that I might please you. So that I might love you. I might get closer to you. I might walk with you. So that I might become the image of Christ. That in which you have created me. And that's what our our fathers desire for today as well so for today's we will go through few scriptures i'm i'm hoping we will be able to do three stories today so much to cover all right so so help me help me to cover the ground so that we land into a place to where god wants to bring some deliverance and breakthrough in our life turn with me to john chapter 14 We're going to focus on one of the many names of the Lord, Jehovah Shalom. We're going to read from John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is is a time where Jesus is talking to his disciples and preparing them. I want you to just stay with me, alright? Jesus is preparing them for a time which the disciples have no clue what they're getting into. He's preparing them for a time of persecution. He's preparing them to a challenging time which they would have never anticipated, never experienced before. And so good of our father that he prepares us before we get into something. And I believe this is a word for the season. Preparing us for something which we cannot fathom. When we look around in this world, there is so much going on that sometimes we wonder what on earth is happening. Where is it all heading to? What is going to happen? Bound to have such thinking. But in the midst of it, Jesus is preparing his disciples. And so I'm believing he is here preparing us, his disciples. In John chapter 14, 1, he says, Do not let your heart be troubled. They're not troubled at that time. He's preparing for a time. And he's saying, do not let your heart be troubled for a time that is coming up. Do not let your heart be troubled. That's the word for some of you today. That's a word from Jesus today. He's asking his disciples, whatever may be the situations in this world, whatever might be going on across, some things that we don't understand, it's okay, do not let your heart be troubled. He's talking to you, he's talking to you, and he's saying, do not let your heart be troubled. Tell yourself, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be troubled. And he says believe in god believe also in me for a time that you're going into jesus is saying do not let your heart be troubled continue to believe in god continue to believe in jesus hold fast to what has been taught to you hold fast to the things of the heaven hold fast to the things of the kingdom do not let your hearts be troubled i'm not here to scare you no That's not the intent of Jesus. The intent is to prepare you for whatever seasons that you're getting into. Do not let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust in Jesus. He starts the chapter with that verse. And then towards the end in verse 27, he says, Peace, I live with you. My peace, I give you. It is not the way the world gives. Clear distinction. It's not the way the world gives. So do not let your heart be troubled. And let it not be fearful. This morning, the Lord is offering us His peace. He is telling us, My peace I give unto you. The word peace there, the root word is shalom. And who is talking Shalom, Jehovah Shalom himself is talking to disciples and he says, My Shalom I give to you. My Shalom I give to you. It is not the way the world gives. It is very different. There will be many in this world who will come up and say, I will bring peace. We will bring peace. We are the peace negotiators and so on and so forth. But that's worldly peace. Here is the prince of peace, the prince of shalom, shalom himself coming up to the disciples and he's saying, my peace I give to you. If somebody comes and says, I give you my iPhone, what will you do? My iPhone I give to you, what will you do? Thank Thank you so much what would you do be honest you'll grab it seriously you'll grab it hello no some are saying yes some are saying yes he's talking about which version it is huh? <laughs> 14 pro brother or 15 15 has come i don't know passcode <laughs> okay my phone, iphone i give to you with the passcodes <laughs> You see, when somebody is offering something to you, what do you do? You buy it or what? When somebody is offering you something, do you buy it? Do you earn for it? I want a response. Do you earn for it? Do you do something to get that? Do you roll on the ground to get that? Do you have to walk a mountain to get that? No. Do you have to fast 21 days to get that? No. He's saying, I give you my shalom. My shalom I give you. Who is saying? Shalom himself is telling to his disciples. My shalom I give to you. What must the disciples do? What must the disciples do? Just. What must the disciples do? Just receive it. How do you receive it? How do you receive it? How do you receive it? You make it your own. I receive shalom. So I want your response to the scripture. Jesus is telling to his disciples. How many disciples in the house today? Raise your hands. Alright. Jesus is telling you. Shalom I leave to you. My shalom I give to you. Okay. This side gets the major portion. I want to talk to you guys. Here is an offer from shalom. Shalom. I will explain what is Shalom, okay, in a minute. But I want you to get into a heart of receiving. And Shalom, the Lord himself is saying, My Shalom I give to you. I leave my Shalom with you. What's your response? I Thank you. You know what, when you said I receive it, Jesus is saying, Wow, here I give Shalom. And I am believing today we will receive the Shalom of the Lord. Because his heart, is to give the shalom. So some of you might be wondering, what is the shalom? Shalom is not just peace. You know, we always have, I mean, at least most of us have come into some stage in our life where we say, oh, I wish I get some peace in life. Yes? Don't make me feel lonely. Yeah? We all have said, you know, I need some peace. And when you need some peace, what do you do? When you need some peace, what do you do? (laughs) Sorry? Try to be alone. alone. Go to a lonely place, just be alone. Go to, you know, usually the riverside or a beach, peaceful side, or go for a vacation and just be on that bench all alone. Yeah? We do that? Do you realize? After doing that, you still need peace. I have gone to vacations and I have still come back and said, I think I need a real vacation now. <laughs> because the vacation was really really hard work. Some of you are acting as if we have peace. <laughs> have, you, have you ever come to a place where you felt I need peace? Yes. Yeah? Yes. If not, please get married. <laughs> if that's not enough have children! <laughs> if that's not enough stay with your in-laws. Please forgive me. (laughs) It's my wife. Shalom at home today. (laughs) We all need peace. And I'll give you an example of what shalom is. But before that, let's define shalom. I think a few weeks back when I was sharing, I did a test. And I gave a secret code. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah? Some of you at least remember? Six three three. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So likewise I'm planning to do a test. The test is define shalom. Usually define shalom, you in, um, know, in, in, in the worldly terms is a one mark question, but in a heavenly exam it is a essay type question because the word shalom is a big word. It's like a diamond. Alright? Every side of it is got a meaning. Alright? And by the time you you cover all the sides. You feel like, oh, there is so much, so much, so much depth to this word Shalom. But we use it in a simple word saying it's peace. It is definitely more than peace. It's definitely more than peace. Alright, I'll just read some of those key words as to what what are the different sh- sides of the diamond of the word Shalom. What are the different dimensions, different sides, different facade of this word Shalom. Uh, Shalom, right? And I'll ask you that. Okay. Shalom means well-being. Well-being in your mind. That means there is a clarity in thinking. There is is peace in mind. There is free from anxiety, free from fear, free from uh, some of the emotions that we go through. In the mind, in the spirit. It's a well-being of your body. You're happy with your body, you're fulfilled with your body, you're content with your body, you love the way it is, you love your body and so on. So there is a sense of fulfillment. Shalom is well-being of your soul, your mind, will and your emotion. Shalom is a well-being of your spirit. It is not just well-being, it's complete. That means everything that is required, isn't it? In, In the word Shalom. It's complete, it's like a, if you take a spear, there is no, nothing broken, it's, it's full, it's, it's complete, it's wholesome. It is, it is a sense of feeling safe, especially in a generation like this, you know, just to feel secure. Shalom includes security, shalom includes safety, shalom includes completeness, shalom includes wholesomeness, shalom includes... Welfare, when I say welfare, it is about what you do, how do you engage with people, how do you engage with God, how do you engage with your environment. So it's it's got even more facades to it than what I have listed. It's a sense of identity and you're feeling good about your identity. It's a sense of purpose. There is a meaning, there's a meaning for your everyday, there's a meaning for your life, there's a meaning for what you do. There is a sense of inner peace. There is a sense of fulfillment. It is, a, it is a healthy relation with God. It's a healthy relation with yourself. Healthy relation with your environment, with your people. It, it's complete. There is a mutual respect. It's, it's got a purpose. It's in harmony. It's creative. And, and, and even more, which I don't know. I just listed a few. If you get an exam question, what is Shalom, and you have to describe all this, what would you do? Choose the following, or sorry, uh, you know, write an essay, multiple choice. I'm I'm going to make it easy for you. Is that okay? Is that okay? Shall we try it out? Put all these words into a grinder, grind it. What do you get out of it? <laughs> I should not have asked you. (laughs) What do you get get out of it? I don't know who defined it. But I thought the definition was very easy, simple to remember. That one that comes out of it is nothing missing. Nothing broken. It's complete. So when Jesus says, my shalom I give to you. He's saying, nothing missing in your life. Nothing broken in your life. Woo! Nothing missing in your life, nothing broken in your life. That's what he means. Everything that is required, there is wholesomeness, there is complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. I wanted to dig in to find out where in Bible is this experience because I feel every day seems to be something missing, something broken. And then the Lord took me to Jesus in the boat. You remember that incident? When the disciples were feeling everything broken, everything missing. When there was storm all around. When there was fear, there were anxious, there were trouble. The boat was moving all over the place. Jesus was in the state of shalom. What was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. For him, nothing was missing. Nothing broken. It's an absolute state of rest. And I'm believing that Jesus is saying, my shalom I give to you. He wants to give you this shalom. In spite of all that is happening across, we will sleep peacefully. Amen. We will be in the deck of the boat and we will say shalom man, we will sleep peacefully. Amen. All those who are struggling for peace, are struggling for sleep, I want you to know, receive shalom. Because Jesus is saying, my shalom I give to you. My shalom I give to you. And therefore, we will be in a state of peace. He's not saying, my peace I give to the world. He's saying, my peace I give to you. you. Because when in, in the world, there will be many troubles. But in the midst of the trouble, we will be in the state of... Shalom. We will be in the state of... Shalom. Shalom. And that's God's heart for us. Nothing missing, nothing broken. When Jesus went, one of his first miracles, when he went into the wedding, what was missing? Wine. Wine. When the shalom was there, what happens? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Peter tried fishing the whole night, nothing happened. Fish were missing. He was packing up his nets, Jesus told, put it on the other side. And you've got a catch. There's nothing missing. Nothing broken. The net also did not break by the way. (laughs) Nothing broken. See that? That's what God's heart for us to receive this morning. When he says, my shalom I give to you. And when we say, I receive your shalom. We are saying, Lord, nothing is missing in my life. Nothing is broken in my life. Because the God, the Prince of Shalom, is given me Shalom in my life. You want to receive that? Yeah, amen. amen. Alright. So then we look at what is the first mention. Where is the first mention of Shalom? So that takes us to Judges. So please, please turn with me to Judges chapter 6. We'll read, we'll read through some scriptures here. And I believe there is a word for somebody and for many of us. This reading of Judges chapter 6. Alright? So, journey with me. We'll do two stories more. Okay? Journey with me. So far, you've been good. There is shalom. Nothing. I don't feel anything missing. Anything broken. Do you feel so? Yes. Do you feel shalom? Yes. yes. Alright. So, we go to Judges chapter 6. Now, Judges is a, is a very rough book. Take time to read the book of Judges. Alright? There are about 12 judges in that. And uh, everyone is quite rough. You know, it's quite violent. And there is a there is a cycle in which they go through it. Uh, but there is a lot that I could connect with our present day world. I, you know, you would see a lot of correlation in that. Just to give you a context, Book of Judges is after... Moses, then comes Joshua, Joshua brings the people almost to the promised land, and then Joshua dies, and therefore there is now no one person to take them in. And the people, where God was supposed to be the king, the people asked for their own king. So by the time king comes in in monarchy, so between Joshua and the monarchy is the spirit of judges. I guess it is about 400 years um, in, in, in that what they went through now Joshua died there were no national leader and the people were not willing to hear me on this not willing to submit to God as the king all right and therefore they wanted somebody to come in between But in the book of Judges, there are 12 Judges as I mentioned. There are a few who are, I mean the coverage is really good, major ones like Gideon, Samson, Deborah and so on. Just pay attention here. There are two key phrases, two phrases being repeated in the book of Judges. Alright, I'm reading this. The first one, the children of Israel, that is God's children, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Somewhere seven or eight times has been mentioned across. Alright. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. Quite prevalent in the days today. While we were worshipping today, I saw this picture of a tent over our house, over this body of Christ. Alright. So the tent is God's covering. And we are moving with the Lord in the tent. We are moving together as a tent. But in the midst of the tent, there are still people who who does evil in the sight of God. And as we heard during the time of ministry, I'm believing, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God will minister to tear apart that evil side of our life. And throw it outside of the tent so that we walk holy before our God because our God is a holy God. And therefore, this is not about your neighbor, this is about you and about me. So if God is convicting, if there are areas in our life that needs correction, let's do that correction. Amen. Because we are in the journey, in the tent of the Lord, we are walking together with the Lord. And this verse, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, you know, seven plus times. Now the second phrase that comes quite repeatedly is, in those days... Israel had no king because they wanted a king. They did not want God as the king. They wanted a different king. Everyone, hear me on this, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And I was thinking that is exactly what the world is today. Everyone defines their own moral standards and they want to do that. And it has crept into the church. That is exactly what happened in the judges' time as well. They went, when God told them to kill their enemies, destroy them completely, they would not destroy them completely. They would coexist with them. And when they coexist with their enemy, a part of that enemy's nature comes into the house of God or the people of God. It is very subtle. It is subtle over a period of time. It's like, you know, I keep giving this example. You take a, take a you know, tumbler of uh, boiling water, okay? And you drop a frog in it. What happens? Okay, don't try this experiment. You drop a frog into it, it will jump out. Because that environment, it cannot adjust, alright? If it cannot uh, jump, it will die there, for sure. But you take a tumbler of cold water, put the frog into it, and slowly start heating it up. What happens? From cold, it becomes a little warm, and it will slowly like that warmness. And it feels good. It's getting a, you know, a a good hot water spa, okay? (laughs) And it's enjoying it. Slowly the temperature goes a little more higher. By the time it doesn't even realize that it is supposed to jump out of it. Once it is boiling, it is almost dead. That's exactly what happens when you co-exist with the worldly pattern. That's why Bible says do not conform yourself to the patterns of this world. There is a clear distinction about the kingdom of God and the ways of the world. Now this ways of the world has cut into the Israel camp. Alright. And so, um, so they, were, they were... They marched around the Jericho wall but they had sinned with them. They went to the altar but they had sinned with them. They had hidden idols and there was idolatry amongst them. And therefore... That was an era where Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and Israel had no king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. I felt that's exactly the same about the world today. But in midst of all this the Lord comes to visit Gideon in chapter 6 alright and verse 12 chapter 6 verse 12 The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him the Lord is with you O valiant warrior. And then Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all these things happened? Hear this question. Why is bad things happening to God's children? Have you heard that question before? Yeah? Because the sin is in the house. Because the sin has crept into the house. And look at verse, I will just read a few scriptures, okay? Verse 13. Okay, just be with me, alright? Just stay with me. Verse 13, Then Gideon said to him, O my Lord, and if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, his questioning, Lord, now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Do you not hear this today? Where is the Lord? Where are the miracles? Why has God abandoned us it is still the same verse 14 very interesting the Lord looked at him and said go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian what was Gideon's question what was Gideon's question why is bad things happening to your children where are the miracles what did God answer the Lord dots the question. Did he answer that question? No. Hello? Did he answer that question? No. No. He dodged it. Are you with me? Are there prayers not been answered? Yeah? You feel prayers not been answered? I want to first look into your own life. I'll tell you, God will get him to understand that the sin was in his own house by his father. I'm coming to that. Alright? And God brings him to that realization. And God does not condemn. He convicts. He allows the time to go through that conviction. But he still goes in saying, go in this, your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? There is some amount of conversation that is going on there and verse 18 Gideon says please do not depart from here until I come back to you and bring out my offering and lay it before you and he said I will remain until you return now this is the angel of the Lord which is which is actually the Lord himself alright and you will see that in the scripture coming up I want you to visualize this. Gideon telling the angel of the Lord or the Lord himself, can you wait here? I will prepare the offering and come. What did the Lord respond? What did the Lord respond? Do you know the Lord waits? I told you the Lord was waiting for you here. The Lord waits. And just like the Lord waited for the woman um, in the well of Samaria, the Lord waits because he's deeply interested in our life because we are precious to him the lord waits for us how long was that waiting any idea okay let me check that out verse 19 then gideon went in prepared a young goat how much time does it take to prepare a young goat anyone in cooking take some time yeah what was the lord doing waiting, waiting why because you are precious because you, you are his and the young god and unleavened bread from afar, floor and so on uh, verse 20 the angel of the god, angel of god said to him take the meat now he brought the meat take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rug, pour out the broth and he did so verse 21 then the angel of the lord i want you to hear this put out the end of the staff that was in his hand touched the meat and the unleavened bread, that was a offering of worship. Fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from that sight. When Gideon saw that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O God, O Lord God, Adonai Yahweh. So when he realized that was God, he had an encounter with God and he said oh adonai yahweh and when he said that for now i have seen the angel of the lord face to face that was an encounter with the lord and what was the encounter the encounter was not about you know some aspect of the lord he recognized that the lord is the sovereign god is the lord who is merciful but is a lot of justice He's the Lord who is kind but he's also the Lord of wrath. He's the Lord who was and who is and who is to come. He's sovereign, all-powerful Adonai, he's Yahweh and when he recognized who the Lord was that was an encounter. That was the moment when the sins in your life starts coming up to your your awareness and we repent for that sins so that there is reconciliation and shalom includes reconciliation with God. It is peace with God. And therefore, verse 23, the Lord said to him, shalom to you, do not fear, you shall not die. Verse 24, then Gideon built an altar that, there to the Lord and named it, the Lord is peace or the Lord is shalom. To this day it is still in offer of the I don't know. Now on the same night, uh, verse 25. Now on the same night, the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull and a second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal, which belongs to where was the sin happening? In his own house. The Lord did not condemn him, the Lord took him to a process where he had an encounter with the Lord. When he encountered the Lord, God exposed the sins in his life or in his household and he told, cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord with the same wood. Lord, your God on the top of the stronghold in an orderly manner, take a second bull and offer a burnt offerings with the wood of the Asherah which you shall cut down. And the Gideon took men of, this, uh, of his servants and did that over the night that day. This morning, the Lord wants. You to encounter the sovereign God. And when we encounter the sovereign God, the first thing that the Lord wants to do is to reconcile with Him. To be in peace with God first, before we receive shalom. And as I speak to you, if there is any areas, any areas, any areas, any areas, anything small, anything big, that has crept into the tent, the house of the Lord. I want you to rip that apart that does not belong to the house of God, that does not belong to the child of God. Rip it, rip it, rip it, throw it away, get rid of everything that does not belong to God. Because that is your position when you reconcile with God. And when you reconcile with God, the peace, the shalom of God comes upon you. Do you remember the day when you received Christ? I'm sure that was the night where you slept most peacefully in your life. Am I right in saying that? Yes, at least most of us have that experience. And God wants you to sleep peacefully tonight. So get rid of anything that entangles your way. And hold fast to what God has for you. So today, if God is reminding you of anything, get rid of it. Before we encounter God, our shalom, we encounter the sovereign God. We encounter who He is and get rid of these things from our life. If God is speaking to you, showing you some of these areas, I want to pray with you right now, eyes closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, I just welcome you into this place. Lord, we want to first be reconciled with you and have peace. With you, just like Gideon encountered the sovereign God, the holy God, the most holy God, and his standards are very different from the world. I pray, Spirit of God, give us a fresh encounter this morning, a fresh encounter this morning. Spirit of God, move amongst us. If there is any areas in our life that we have compromised, we pray that you forgive us. Forgive us. We repent for those areas. We make a new surrender to you, Lord, and we say we are sorry, Father. We belong to you. Please forgive us. Cleanse us with the blood that Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. Let that blood erase every darkness from our soul. Every every iniquities, every transgressions be removed from our soul. That we may be holy and acceptable in your sight. Let there be nothing missing, nothing broken in our relation with you, Father. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We thank you. We bless you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For all those who have asked for forgiveness, I want to tell you, the Lord says, you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven. If you ask for forgiveness for the same thing again, what does it mean? If you ask for this forgiveness again for the same thing, what does it mean? You do not trust that God has forgiven you in his first place. I want to tell you, he's erased it. He's ripped that apart from your life. So that you will walk in holiness with God. So that you will walk in shalom with God. And I want to tell you he says. I have taken it away from you as for us. East is from the west. Every time you go to the east to search for it. It will be in the other direction. You can never find it. God has erased it. You have been set free. If there was something you have been set free. You have been set free. God has removed it from your life. You don't need to do a religious activity to remove it. Because God, through His Son, Jesus has done everything that is required to remove all the transgressions from our life. He's paid it all. He's done it. And He said it is complete. You don't need to do anything else. The moment you confess, the moment you said, Lord, I am sorry, I confess, I repent for this. It is done and dealt with. Do you want to shout a hallelujah for that? Anyone who is experiencing that freedom from God, I want you to shout a louder, hallelujah. hallelujah. You will never get this freedom anywhere else. That's the starting point of shalom. To have peace with God. To have peace with God. I want to explain a little more about this word shalom. See, Shalom is used extensively in the Jewish culture as a greeting. Yeah, they greet each other. Shalom. No harm in greeting. It is a good practice to do the greetings. Um, Sometimes I wonder what is the meaning of hi. What is the meaning of hi? Yeah, what's the meaning of it? If I say shalom, there is a lot more meaning to it. I'm saying let peace, prosperity, you know, the wholesomeness, completeness come upon you. And I'm invoking the name of God over your life. Who? Hmm, that's big. Than just saying, hi. hi. You can tell hi to your enemies. Is it okay to... What do you mean by hello? Hi. Hello, hello. What's <laughs> the hi, is it? But if you look at the, you know, the, the deep meaning of hello... It's hello. It's like hello. But we will we know how to put our face and say hello. But you actually saying, hmm um, hello. <laughs> Just kidding. There is a hell in that word here. No, I, did I get it wrong? H e l l o right? Yeah or H-E-L-O? what? Better is hola h o l a. But nothing like declaring shalom on somebody. You're saying nothing missing, nothing broken in your life. You're invoking the name of the Lord over their life. It's good to greet each other by shalom. Can you turn to your neighbor and greet them? Maybe two, three and say shalom. yet yeah, This. Exactly what happens when we learn a new thing. You know, we are a little conscious, you know, we we are a little shy, we, we smile and we say we don't mean what we said, but keep the practice on till one day it should come to our lifestyle that in our spirit, in our spirit, we are faithing for shalom on somebody's life. It is no more a casual greeting. It is every time you meet somebody, you're prophesying on their life and you're saying, nothing missing, nothing broken, because the Lord of Shalom is upon your life. You see that? We will get into that practice. Every time we do that, we're invoking the name of the Lord, Shalom at that place. It's a good practice to call your children and lay your hands and say, Shalom over their life. Because you're pronouncing nothing missing in their life, nothing broken in your life. It's a good practice to pray every morning, look at all that you're going to do and you say, shalom over my work, shalom in my travel, shalom in the people that I'm interacting with, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken in their life. Because that's God's plan for you. And that's why God says, Jesus said to his disciples, my shalom I give to you. And who is saying? The Prince of Shalom himself is saying, he himself is Shalom and he's saying, my Shalom, I give to you. When Jesus, after John chapter 14, when he was buried, raised again, comes back to his disciples. Now disciples have gone through that phase of, you know, you know, somebody in hiding, somebody run, goes away and then goes to the tomb, No, nothing to be found there. They're all confused, they're all disturbed, you know. And, and that's when Jesus comes to them. And the first thing he tells them is, Shalom. Because there is nothing missing. I'm here. And there is nothing broken. Because everything that was broken is actually restored through what he has done on the cross. And therefore, he's declaring over them, Shalom. And he greeted them with, Shalom. Paul used this as a blessing, and he said, "Now may the God of Shalom Himself sanctify you entirely." You will see Shalom being used a number of times. I want to do one more. Oh no! One more story. One more story. Yeah? Okay, I'll not go into the scriptures. This is the story from Second Kings four. Uh, this is about a Shunammite woman. That's a town called Shanamite. There was a there was a lady there, um, you know, who who used to do well, and, um, and and Elisha used to pass through that village or the town. And when, whenever Elisha is to pass there, she would invite him for a meal. And when, he, when she saw that Elisha is going very, coming there very frequently, he said, why only meal? Why don't we give him a rest room? And so she built a rest room on the top of her house, and you know, along with her husband. And then they hosted Elisha whenever Elisha is to come there. So Elisha stayed there one day and asked his servant, Jihazi, um, telling that, what do you think I can bless these people with? Because they have been blessing me week on week or month on month. I don't know what's the frequency. But every time I come there, you know, good food, good stay. Um, and, and how can I bless them? So Gehazi tells Elisha that, you know, they don't have a son. They don't have a child. All right. Uh, and the husband is old. And so uh, I think they have left, given up hope about a child. So Elisha calls that Shannamite woman and tells her, that next year, by this time, you will have a child. And lo and behold, in one year's time, she has got a child of her own. Alright, so uh, the child grew. And she was, It was a good, happy family. Alicia will come, stay there. And it was, it was going on well. Child grew and uh, started helping the father in the farming area. So would go with the father to the farm area. And one day the child comes back, telling my head, my head, or looks like it was a sunstroke, I'm guessing, um, and comes back to the home. And uh, the mother tries to help him, but he dies. So she goes to the up floor where Elijah's room is. She goes and put the child on the bed, and she calls her husband and tells him, Send me a donkey and send me a servant. I need to meet the prophet Elisha. So the husband asks, "Today is not a full, you know sabbath, not a full moon day. Why are you going?" Um, for which she responds something. That's something which I will read. Um, Second Kings chapter. We'll read one verse there. Second Kings chapter. 23. Second Kings chapter 4 verse 23 Second Kings chapter 4 verse 23 So he said Why are you going to him today It is neither the new moon nor the Shabbat And she said it is, it is well All is well All right. Now can you think A mother whose child is dead After a long time probably they got a child Child is dead and the husband asks, where are you going? The response is, it is well in English, but in Hebrew it is? Shalom. Shalom. So the mother is saying, husband is saying, where are you going? He said, Shalom. I could not get this response right. What's the typical response? Typical response. Come on, quick. Yeah, tell what has happened. Just tell. Panic. 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 Crying, you know, uh, and you start questioning: Where is God? What have you done? I never asked for this child at all. You gave me this child. You took it away. What is this happening? Oh, you know, all that stuff. You know, typical, yeah, drama. All right, and nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. I'm, I'm not trying to undermine that. But here is a person who knew what it means to invoke the name Shalom. In the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the storm, she declares Shalom. And then she goes on to meet Elisha, and then long story cut short, the child comes back to life. That's the power of invoking the name of Shalom. Now I use this word invoking number of times because... It's in Numbers. If you can go turn. We'll just do one more scripture. Numbers chapter 6 verse 24 to 26. With this we'll close. Numbers chapter 6. Verse 22 to 27. We'll do with 22. I want you to pay, this, pay attention to this. If you have missed all that we shared so far. I don't want you to miss this. This could make a lot of difference. Bring that deliverance. Okay, verse 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. Now, Lord is telling Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel, and you shall say to them this. It's like, you know, I did this in the morning service. It's like, um, you know, if there is a statement of purpose that you have to put it in your application form, an admission application form. You know, statement of purpose is tricky. We, we don't know what to write because we are not used to writing. And they evaluate the statement of purpose. And they can reject your application by the statement of purpose. So I really want to know what should I write there. If you want to know what should I write in that application form, how will you know that? How will you know that? What should I put into the application form so that it will clear, it will get through? How will you know that? You need to know what is their expectation. Who can help you with that? Somebody who has already gone through it. And he will ask, hey, what do I write? Okay, in my time I wrote this. So again, you are not sure whether this will work now or not. So who is the right person to ask, what should I fill in? Who is the right person to ask, what should I fill in? Sorry? Who wrote the question? Who is going to assess it? If you have access to that person... Please tell me. Can you send me a sample? Can you tell me what to write so that I will clear this? And that person gives you what to write and he clears it. That's exactly what's happening here. Lord is telling Moses, tell Aaron to pray this prayer so that I will answer that prayer. He's giving the script for praying and he's saying, hey, take this prayer. You pray this prayer, I will answer it. Are you with me? So let's see what's the prayer. Verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you. And give you. That's a part of the scripture of his his prayer that is saying you pray this prayer. I will bless you. I will bless you with Shalom. Pray this prayer. Pray this blessing on your people. I will bless you with Shalom. And it says in the, verse 26, The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you Shalom. Verse 27. So, they shall put my name. My translation says, so they shall invoke my name. What name? What name? Yahweh Shalom is asking us to invoke the name Yahweh Shalom and every time you invoke his name it's like invoking a law you're invoking something more far superior to take over your situation so this they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel I then will bless him every eyes closed can you please stand up we will pray I believe the Lord is is bringing shalom in areas which were broken which were messed up and he wants to write off those areas write off those areas and bring in shalom nothing missing nothing broken in your life As we invoke the name of Shalom, the Lord says, I will bless them. I will be their Shalom. That's what he did for Shalomite woman. And that's what he wants to do it today. Shalom I leave to you. My Shalom I give to you. It is not the way the world gives to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled. There are areas in your marriage that it seems to be broken or something missing. I declare shalom over the marriage in this house. Every marriage is complete and wholesome in Jesus name. If there is any discouragement, any disappointment, any disturbance anyone going through in their emotions, The Lord is saying you don't have to go through it. You can sleep the way Jesus slept in the boat. Because he is shalom. And he says, my shalom I give to you. My shalom I give to you. Receive shalom. So if you are going through some kind of a discouragement. Some kind of a disturbance. I command you to go from your life. And I release shalom into your life into the emotions of your people. Shalom! If there is depression in the mind, I declare shalom over it. Shalom! 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 If there is any, any healing that you would require, the Lord says your body, there is nothing missing, nothing broken. And Lord, so be it, I declare Shalom on your people. That your people would be completely healed. In the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. Every financial issues. Financial areas. I proclaim and invoke the name of Shalom. And let there be prosperity. Let there be peace let there be shalom in your work area if you are struggling with your work and your business I want you to declare shalom you declare because you are priestly you declare shalom at my study shalom in my work shalom in the areas of my business shalom nothing missing nothing broken hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, rohak ke vezoro, roze ke lendere, roze ke menenori lakrandre, roze ma kezere lendere, roze bere Receive shalom in Jesus' name. Completeness, completeness, wholesomeness. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We're going to declare the blessing. I want you to receive this. We are the Lord's royal priesthood, and this is the priestly prayer of blessing. As we declare, I want you to receive it over your life. Your life will never be the same again. It is not because we pray, but it is because of the name of the Lord, Shalom. The name of the Lord, Shalom. The righteous will run to it and they will be saved. So it is not about our declaration. It is about a God. It is our God. And so I want you to receive this blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Keep you. Hallelujah. The Lord make his face shine on you. He's not mad at you and he's not turned away his face to you, away from you. The Lord will make his face shine on you. He's looking at you. And the Lord be gracious to you. Everything that you need. His grace is enough, His grace is sufficient. The Lord be gracious to you. Hallelujah! The Lord turn His face towards you, and give you Shalom. I invoke the name Shalom over His people, that the people of the Lord will have nothing missing, nothing broken, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Give it to the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise and worship that he deserves. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.